The inverse architecture is not for the weak or the non-future creator. And today we're going to look at uh, potential winners and losers in the inverse architecture world. Let's start with Apple, uh, who you've referred to, Francis, as a natural winner in this space. Yeah, Apple just happens to be the company that has figured this all out. I'm not sure whether they knew that they were going to have it figured out, but they sure did. And what happened here was that Apple created a platform. Other companies back in the uh, 90s and the first decade of this century were working on products. They had this product, that product, the other product. The best example are the Japanese companies. Companies like Panasonic, Sony, Hitachi, Toshiba, they had all kinds of cameras. They had all kinds of um, computers. They had all kinds of audio equipment, all kinds of stuff, individual products, unconnected, no common platform, no software base. Apple came along with something as simple as an iPhone with thousands and thousands in its early days of apps. And you could put all these products on the app spread. And all Apple did was create ever more powerful products with ever more powerful processors, as you see all the time with your iPhone upgrades, and basically created an ever bigger platform of apps covering, I don't know how many there are now, but probably millions, and all kinds of business models attached to these apps. So you have this huge space on which Apple can then park products. It started off with very simple MP4 players. And as we all know, it went through laptops. It moved through uh, the iPhone, of course. And it's been floating around into ever bigger and bigger markets. We've seen for a long time uh, its attempt to get into the trillion-dollar automotive business. It's already in the banking business, healthcare business with its uh, Apple Watch. These are huge, huge businesses. And Apple is parked on top of each one and therefore can expand into each one. And its platform works on all of those things homogeneously. But the great key is the hidden secret of Apple, this thing that is driving the Chinese government absolutely nuts, is the fact that Apple products can cross-communicate. You have, with AirTags and AirDrop, the ability of any Apple product to cross-communicate with any other Apple product. Now, you look at what's going to happen by the end of this decade, you are going to have every device as a nanoscale data center, something we've emphasized endless times on this show. Nanoscale data centers, tens, hundreds of billions of them, and they will all have to cross-communicate. Uh, they will be powerful enough to store staggering amounts of data and apps, and they will be cross-communicating, sharing apps, sharing information, with each other. The only company in the world today, 100% position to take advantage of this is Apple. All Apple has to do is take its AirTags, AirDrop strategy, drop it onto everything else it's doing, um, add in something like Android Computational's frequency hopping technology so it can hop frequencies on the device. And by the end of this decade with nanoscale data centers, you'll have the intelligence to hop frequencies wherever you want, up frequency, down frequency, longer duration, shorter duration, whatever is required. It really doesn't matter. The app will dictate. And Apple is sitting there. It's already the largest company by market cap in the world. The scale opportunities are stupefying. 
it's very rare in history that a company uh, in, in what is already a legacy business, if you like, is positioned to move into the next generation the way Apple is. Uh, I was amazed to see how well Apple is positioned for this move and how horribly badly positioned so many of its competitors are. Great example is Samsung. Okay, Samsung, you make devices, so what? Where's the platform? How do you scale this platform? You're, you're toast, dudes. And I'm sure there's other companies uh, that are toast. Uh, you know, when you look at uh, some of our telecom companies we've fe featured in the past, uh, do you think any of them has a chance on this uh, inverse uh, infrastructure? You can look around the world at any company that provides existing telecommunications services, wireless, wireline, doesn't matter. Whether you're talking NTT in Japan, Deutsche Telekom in Germany, Orange in France, Verizon or AT&T in the United States, doesn't matter. None of these companies has even the smallest investment in the kind of network that inverse is. Inverse is the inverse, the upside down of 20th century architectures. These folks are still stuck in an architecture that last evolves in any serious way, probably just after the Second World War. You know, I've been studying telecom uh, uh, since 1976. All these companies around the world, at one time or another, the CEO of every major telecom player in the whole telecom ecosystem, including suppliers of hardware, software, and so on, has sought my advice. Outside China, the CEO at one time or another in the last 45 or so years has asked me for advice. Well, guess what? I know as very few other people do in this, on this planet, these folks are not prepared, they are doomed. And shareholders, you better watch out because what's coming is really unpleasant. You wanna get a pulse for where you're at, go to future-creators.com, check out our management grade system and see how your company's doing. And to tune in more, uh, check out us out at futurecreators.simplecast.com for our over 200 episodes of insights. Thanks, Francis. Thanks, Robert.